Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. So it's a joy to be here with you and a, and a privilege to be bringing God's word um, to you and to myself, let me, let me say. Let, let me introduce myself. I'm, I'm Paul. I'm, I'm a retired Baptist minister. I live down in, in Sawston and worship at the Great Shelford, uh, the free church there. Um, I have a lovely wife called Fiona. I've got two beautiful children and two even more beautiful grandchildren. Um, that's enough. Um, I, I, I do spend some of my time helping other churches, and, and you know, Matt's a good friend of mine. We studied together at Spurgeon's, and um, it's, it's a real... Um, it's a privilege to be able to help him in this way um, to, as, as he takes his holiday. I've loved the, your series that you're doing, the So Good series. Um, and you've been thinking about, you know, God is good all the time. God is good. Oh, you said it with me. <laughs> Excellent. And last week, you looked at be, being um, fueled for good. You know, how can we be full of joy, full of grace? And um, the challenge was, how do we live out that goodness in our daily lives? And I hope you've been wrestling with that all week. And you'll continue to do that. You know, that is su- that's such an important message. And I hope this message today builds on that for you and, and helps you. Matt's given me the title of The Good Hope. And I'll be looking at how our good God has given us hope we can hold on to whatever happens. But first, let's look at our our passage. It's Romans 8, um, verses 18 to 28. Romans 8. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we, we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he searches our hearts. 
And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Heavenly Father, as we look at your word, as I speak, I pray that you would be with us, that you would that my words would be the ones that you want to come out, that the message is from you. And each of our hearts, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts, our minds, to your word, and that we would have a real encounter with you right now. For we ask this in your glorious name. Amen. Amen. It's not fair. I think there are many parents who will recognize that expression. It's just not fair. How come I, you know, you're still up and I have to go to bed? How come my friends all have a phone and I can't? How come? It's just not fair. It's very common. And I just love the, there's a response to that in a, a Calvin Hobbes cartoon. The parent responds, the world is not fair. And Calvin complains, I know, but why isn't it ever unfair in my favor? <laughs> and I think that, that goes deep into where we all are. Who doesn't think it's not fair? Or why isn't it unfair in my direction? Over the last couple of years, there have been all sorts of problems. It's been horrendous at times. And for some, it still is. It's not fair. It really isn't. And this is something that Paul's addressing in the passage. And just to, to, to state his credentials, to be able to talk about suffering, things that go wrong... Let me just read some, some verses from 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 29. You might want to look it up. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 29. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read a few. It details some of his suffering. He's been in prison. He's been flogged. He's been exposed to death again and again. Five times he's received 40 lashes minus one. Um, he's been beaten with rods, he's been pelted with stones, he's, three times he was shipwrecked, he spent a day and night in the open sea, he's been in danger from rivers, from bandits, from his fellow Jews, from Gentiles, in the city, in the country, at sea, and in danger from false believers. He's often gone without sleep, he's known hunger and thirst, and has often gone without food, and he's been cold and naked. He knows suffering. He's got the credentials. So we'll, let, let's give him that. Let's listen to what he says. I think Paul's problems put ours into a sort of perspective. It makes it harder for us to say it's not fair. But in this passage, Paul puts all, all suffering in perspective, even his impressive list. He says, before we say it's not fair, here's something you need to think about. We all suffer in some way, he says, but it's nothing 
nothing compared to what's to come. When compared to the promises of our good God, of the glory to come. And Paul explains this through the whole of our passage. He starts by looking at creation. Creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Creation is desperate to see the day we are truly children of God. Hey, creation's waiting to see when we become children of God. It's desperate for that. Well, creation's been subjected to frustration, all because of human sin. Um, Sin came into the world, and and, um, God said to Adam, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat from it all the days of your life. So creation was subjected to frustration, to suffering. And Paul describes the eager expectation of creation for the time when it's liberated from this this, uh, frustration. Don't get me wrong, creation is not a sentient thing. Don't be fooled by this, because you you could end up with some really dodgy theology around Mother Earth and things like that. It's really common to use language in the Bible to you know, describing creation to emphasize a mood. Psalm 65 talks about the grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. Um, The meadows shout for joy and sing. That's not happening. But it's, it's, it's describing um, a feeling that he has. He's trying to emphasize And Paul's making a point that it's not just about us. Yes, when Christ returns in in glory, we will be transformed into his image. But also, creation will be rescued from corruption. There will be a renewal of the heavens and the earth. It will be an amazing time. But for now, creation is suffering. It's groaning as in the pains of childbirth as it waits for renewal. I'm not going to talk about childbirth. I'm not an expert. But creation, if you think about it, you know, you've got spring and summer and birth and growth and light, but you also have autumn and winter. You have decay, you have death, you have darkness. And there's a repeating cycle of it. And, And beyond that, we've got volcanoes, we've got earthquakes, we've got you know, forest fires, we've got flooding and so much more. You know, this conference, the COP26 conference, is so important that it's actually emphasizing the groaning of creation. There's an amazing power in creation, but it's, it's kind of a futile power. It achieves nothing. But creation shows God's glory, even in, its, even in its broken state. Romans 1.20 says, the creation of the world, since the creation of the, of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Creation speaks of our wonderful God. Even broken creation. Not only is creation groaning, but we ourselves groan inwardly in verse 23 as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, 
But I hear you say, hasn't Jesus already won the victory? Aren't we already children of God? There's a already not yet tension going on here. He's already won the victory, and we're actively taking part in the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God will not reach its full expression until sometime in the future. There's, there's that, 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 it, that, um, that difficult balance. We're already in the kingdom, but we do not yet see it in its full glory. 1 John um, 3, 2 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will, we will be has not yet been, been known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall know him as he is. Wonderful. Somebody's praising. <laughs> we're waiting for adoption to sonship, and, and, and that's the hope we receive when we are saved. Our hope comes from what Jesus did for us. That's where our hope comes from. Jesus died on that cross. He willingly went to the cross knowing what was going to happen because he loves each of you and each of you. He went to that cross. He took our sins on that cross. He died on that cross, taking our sins with us. And he was raised again on the third day, defeating death and sin and promising an eternal future if we follow him, if we say, yes, I want to follow you. That's our hope. That's where our hope started. And may I say, if that isn't your, your hope, if that's not real for you, don't wait. Don't, you know, do something about it today. I'm sure that, you know, please, I'd love to talk to you. We'd pray with you um, to talk to the, uh, the leadership here. If you're online, you've got a, um, on your website, you have a, 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 something to look at, sort of saying, yes, I want this. Don't wait. This hope, this hope is just too good. It's just too good not to, 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 to hold on to right now and to live with. I was about to apologize for getting distracted, but I'm not apologizing at all. But when we're saved, we don't get a badge or a certificate or a contract. We get a down payment. We get a down, our, our down payment or our pledge is the Holy Spirit. And we receive the Holy Spirit when we're saved. It gets even better, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And, and as we see the Holy Spirit working in us, we're reminded of the fact that we have hope to come. So we see the evidence of the Holy Spirit in us. And it's a, it's that, it means that hope is real. And it's well worth waiting for. And God is helping us to wait patiently, even eagerly. We're desperate for what is to come. But in the meantime, we trust God and actively take part in his kingdom here on earth, as you, as you were looking at last week. Let's actively take part in his kingdom. Don't put your feet up. Get on with it. And having the Spirit, he reminds us of our hope, but he also helps us in our weakness. We know 
We know what we ought, um, sorry, we don't know what we ought to pray for. You know, there are times when you want to pray, but you're just blank, or you just, things are, things are so hard, there are no words. You don't know what to pray. But God knows. He really knows because of his Holy Spirit. He helps us bring a prayer, a prayer beyond prayer. He searches our hearts. He knows the depths of our hearts. Maybe even things we might not acknowledge out loud. And the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He prays for us. And get this. In the passage he says, he's praying in the will of God. He's praying in the will of God. The prayers of the Holy Spirit will be answered. Our final verse is really well known. For we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Many people quote this verse and hold on to it strongly. But you've got to be really careful. You've got to be really careful with this. Because good is in God's terms, not in our terms. It's not about having a nice house, nice car and wealth and things like that. But God wants to build his people through all circumstances. I was thinking about my own experience. I'm not going to describe it now. It's not appropriate. It's not about me. But I think about the hurt and the pain and the suffering and the loss and things that have happened in my life. And I know, I know that it's, it's taught me to learn to trust him. It's taught me to know his presence when things seem to be going wrong. It's made me a better pastor as I can empathize with people. It's helped me to be, be I was a chaplain at the hospital for a while. It helped me in that really difficult role. But I brought my experience to that, that role. God was preparing me all my life to do that. That's good. That's God working for good of those who love him. And I've been thinking about it. You know, we're all suffering in some way. We might be receiving persecution because of the way we look, where we're from, how we speak, where we live. Um, you know, there's all sorts of different reasons for, to be receiving persecution. We might have disability. We might have illness, an obvious one or a hidden one. We might be lonely. We might have injury. We might have relationship problems or addiction or finance problems or um, I can carry on and on and on. Everyone suffers. There's, everyone has problems. But we're told to trust God in all circumstances. In these times, God helps us with perseverance, with prayer. Don't just let it happen, though. Seek help. Seek medical help, relationship help, financial help. You know, there's so many different opportunities that God provides for us to help with our suffering. Don't, don't suffer in silence. 
the members of this church can help, your trusted friends, charities, agencies. There's all sorts of ways that we can seek help, and I urge you to, to do that. But we know our good God is with us, whatever we are going through. Whatever we are going through, God is with you. We can trust God in all circumstances. The world is still growing, groaning, and us with it. But God is with us in this groaning, and we'll bring it out for good. In adversity, our good God is at work in us and with us. He wants us to grow in love. He wants us to grow in our trust of him. He wants us to make us stronger. He wants us to know him better. He wants us to reflect his glory. He wants us to use an ad- He wants to use us to advance his kingdom, and he wants us to enjoy his presence forever. Let's turn away from the it's not fair culture and remember that God is good and that we can trust him. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That's our good hope, given by our loving, good God. God is good all the time. God is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good. You are wonderful. You want the best for us. And we acknowledge that suffering is something that we, that is here with us. But thank you that you are with us, that you help us, that you give us your Holy Spirit, and that you give us perseverance because of the hope of what is to come. Lord, each situation here in this church, of those online. Things that might have triggered as I've spoken. I pray that you would step into those situations. That you would help in those situations. That each person would know you in there. And Lord, we pray that you would Yes, let's, let's pray that you, you would bring an end to this suffering. But if it continues, we want to thank you because you are helping us. It's coming out for your good. And that, Lord, that's a hard prayer to pray. Help us to trust you. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.